This is Company, the podcast. I'm Sky Manson. I don't need to tell you that that is the blessed sound of rain on the roof. And that is the sound of my children squealing with delight as they allow themselves to be drenched in the stuff. And that is the sound of my WhatsApp feed going crazy. Rain is like electricity. Its energy bolts through everything, the skies, the grass, the garden, and then into the psyche of humans. It's unstoppable. Last Thursday night, as it was raining, on our social media feeds, we were all friends and family congratulating each other and commiserating with those of us who had missed the rain. There were lots of fingers crossed emojis getting around. But questions started emerging from friends in the city. How much rain do you truly need to break the drought? How do you build reserve water capacity? Why do farmers always need more rain? And what about all the men and women who've missed out, who we're so desperately worried about in a mental health state? What happens to them? And it was my friend Meg who prompted this special podcast to explain more about the rain. Here's what she said. Hi, I'm Megan. I live in Sydney and I happen to have a lot of friends and family who live on properties across regional New South Wales. I have been devastated by watching them suffer through this unprecedented drought. Dust storm after dust storm, business downturn, loss of property and livestock, and now the bushfires must have a devastating consequence on their personal well-being and how their family unit functions. I have been wondering what it really means for their daily lives. How does it affect their home life and how they connect with their communities? What are the solutions to this problem and what does the recent rain mean for their future? And so today on this podcast, we're going to hear from a selection of farmers all over New South Wales. Some got rain, some didn't. Some are out of jail. Others, most actually, need more. And then you go to hear from John and Kieran Knight from Weewar in Western New South Wales, both positive, innovative and young farmers, and she's an agronomist. They'll explain things a little bit more, and I ask them some questions about well-being and mental health too. I'd love to hear if this podcast prompts any extra questions for you, and if you have any, please contact me at sky underscore Manson on Instagram. And if there's enough questions, maybe we might even do a follow-up episode. While you're online, I would love it if you could share this podcast with a friend in the city and then subscribe to it in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Sky Manson and company. Thank you. Now over to my farmers, friends and family. Hi Sky, hi everyone. My name's Polly. My husband and I own a property at Gravesend near Moree where we run cattle. We've been extremely fortunate. We've had 72 mils of rain over the past couple of days, which has totaled to 124 mils over the last two weeks, which has been amazing. Just to put that in perspective, we had 133 mils last year and our average annual rainfall is meant to be 685. So... Hopefully we're back on track and we might be heading towards that for 2020. 
when it started to rain, we're out on the veranda cheering as we do. And our five-year-old son said to our baby boy, that's called rain, Baba. So everybody's very excited. We're very relieved. We feel like we're out of trouble now and out of drought. We sold most of our cattle over the past 12 months and just hung on to our wiener calves. Just before that second lot of rain, my husband sowed some forage crops. So we can now put those calves onto that forage sorghum and start to fatten them and begin to sell them in about three months' time. And the rain will also generate plenty of grass in the paddocks for grazing. So my husband no longer has to look at their sad little faces when he's feeding them every day. Um, and it's it'll just be fantastic to start to generate some on-farm income again. We have off-farm income. My husband is a grain trader and I do a bit of consultancy work in the cotton industry and that's kept us going while it's been dry. But this on-farm income will mean that we can continue to grow our business and do developments that we've been wanting to do. Um, We're in the process of developing some irrigation so we can finish that off and that will mean that we won't be as dependent on rainfall in the future. We also want to continue to improve our country with improved pastures and look at potentially doing a feedlot. So um, now we're back on track and we can uh, start to do all of those things again. Um, the rain also means that the roos will stay off my lawn that I've been trying to get growing during the worst drought in history. Uh, we started a drought, a garden in the middle of the worst drought in history, so that's been challenging. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a boost all around the small things and the big things. Um, we are feeling very grateful and thanking our lucky stars because not everybody in the district got it, unfortunately. So it really needs to keep coming. Um, and it'll take a while for that to flow into the community and the towns. Uh, but so far it's been a great start to 2020 and fingers crossed that it keeps coming. Bye. G'day, I'm Michael Delaney. We're mixed farming here at Cowra in central west New South Wales. Uh, we do winter cropping, uh, have sheep, and our main enterprise is irrigated loosen hay production. Uh, so our business is really geared towards summer revenue. Uh, we get most of our production uh, from sort of October through to April. So this rain is a massive godsend. A common misconception is that um, people often say, oh, you've got irrigation, so you'll be right. Um, however, that's, that's not necessarily the case when it comes to your main enterprise. The, the rainfall we've received is about sort of 35 mils. Um, today, there's forecast for more. It just has such a compounding effect on our irrigation enterprise. We... Well, there's no rain, at, there's no water at the moment in Wyangla Dam, which is our main catch for the Lachlan River. So we're now, we're not pumping anything from the river. We're just on irrigation bores. Um, so it's a, an expensive pump because you've got to uh, pull it from deep down in the ground. Uh, also, our area um, has reduced by sort of probably a third at least. We've got seedling loose and we just couldn't get across, didn't have the capacity. Um, the... The hot, dry summer so far, really the plant shuts down over about 35 
degrees Celsius with these winds. Um, but you just can't keep up with the transpiration rate and keep in front of it with the water. So we've found that anything we are watering, we've got to focus on our best fields. So that's cut out more production because we've had to abandon old stands of lucerne. Uh, we just physically couldn't get across it, keep up with the transpiration rates of the plant. Um, it's also very unwilling to grow. Um, rainfall has a natural sort of leaching effect and you get a lot more bang for your buck with irrigation water now going forward. With a, You can wet the profile, fill the root zone and then this cooler change that's come through sort of sub 35 degrees really means the, the plant bounces and bounds away out of the ground and you increase your yield, increase your area and fingers crossed we might get a, a rain growing cut or two which is obviously fantastic for gross margins and profitability. So look we're over the moon, hopefully the uh, land market kicks a bit too on the back of this and we'd be um, yeah, very appreciative of this rainfall and any follow up that would come it would be great for our business. My name is Sarah. My husband and I have a property on the western side of Cumnock in New South Wales. On Thursday, we were one of the few under a storm cloud. We received a huge downpour of 71 millimetres in a matter of 20 minutes. The excitement of rain was insane. The forecast hadn't been overly accurate for some time, so the joy when we could see it and smell it was unbelievable. Everyone was on a high. But it soon became very overwhelming as to how much rain we were actually receiving as instantly a flash flood came through our property. Neighbours of ours who watched the water coming down through their paddocks said it was like a tsunami. Water was going straight over the top of dams and instantly filling them. It was pure joy to see water everywhere given we have been in drought for the past three years and haven't had good rain for 12 months. Even the kids thought it was amazing and super cool to see. But it wasn't long before Angus and I started wondering, oh gosh, how much damage are we facing with our fencing and, and how much clean-up we would have to do in the weeks to come. But we tried not to think too much about that and just tried to focus on the good. Unfortunately for our neighbours, they lost uh, 200 head of uh, sheep in this freak flood, which is absolute pure devastation for them after having fed them for the past three years. They'd poured so much time, energy and money into looking after those sheep and building this breeding herd. To lose it so quickly is just heartbreaking. Our area isn't considered a high-risk flood zone and we may not have seen this if we hadn't been in drought for the past three years. Um, but given we had no ground cover and our paddocks are bare, there was nothing to slow and retain the water. Instead, the water was just running off every hill and slope. By all means, we may be faced with extra work that we didn't need, but the rain is still very much welcome. Rain and water are the most important resources in farming. Without rain, you nearly have nothing. With plenty of rain, you have a productive business. The rain has put six inches of moisture in our soil, which is fantastic. It's a great start to breaking the drought as long as we keep receiving more. For us and our climate and soil type, we really need to be receiving another 30 to 50 millimetres per month to have a good consistent season. For now, we hope that it brings some summer grasses to take the ease off feeding. For us, the disappointment of the destruction is far outweighed by the excitement and appreciation of rain. Um, it's just the best thing to have seen and it just reminds us that it will rain again and we're not going to be living in drought for the rest of our lives.
My name's John Knight. We live um, halfway between Weewar and Burren Junction, northwest New South Wales. Uh, yeah, about 25 kilometres west of Weewar, a little locality called Moran North. Look, we had one millimetre. That's as good as we did. Um, there was some pretty useful rain to the east, um, about 50 kilometres away around Narrabri, but uh, we've missed out. I'm so sorry about that. It's, um, it's yeah, just not fair where the rain falls and where it doesn't. Were you expecting to get some? Oh, look at the storms. I think you've got to get under them. No, I wasn't really expecting too much. I thought it, the forecast looks good, you know, as from yesterday for the next couple of days going forward. But I don't know. It's, um, it's a tough pattern we're in, I think. At the moment, we're not quite out of it yet, but there is rain about. It's the first general rain for a long time, so that gives us a bit of hope. And can you explain for me, if you were to have received rain, what it means, what it could mean for your uh, cropping, broad acre cropping operation at this time? Well, basically, we, we've got zero moisture in the ground at the moment very very little so we need a lot of rain over the next probably three to four months before we start sowing in early may so we ideally want probably anything up to 100 mil now would be good and to store that moisture and then to probably get that sort of follow-up again in within a month and then some useful sowing rain so we're a long way away from being able to get a crop in this year so for people who don't really know the ins and outs of rain and drought and cropping operations, and, you know, the same goes for, for, for grazing operations, but, but not so much. Um, mm -hmm. So to receive 100 mils, if you were to receive that, um, do, do you want to receive that all at one time? Oh, look, ideally, after such a big dry break, you probably want to, you, you probably do need that sort of rain over a couple of days just to, to really start to dry. You don't want it all at one time, but at the moment, we've taken however we can get it and deal with it. But you just like, you just want to break to, a drought to break slowly normally, but you just need a power of rain at some stage. And can you explain also? For example, we have friends who receive 71 mils in a storm and it's completely washed away all their fences and some of their neighbours have lost livestock. Why you don't want the rain to fall heavily? Yeah, well, that's a real indication of how dry the country is and how to be able to lose fences with that sort of minimal rainfall means the country must be very bare. To start with like you could get that rain in a good season when there's plenty of grass or you've got good stubble in the paddock and you know you'd be cheering so that that is a real indication you don't want even that sort of rain after such a big dry spell when there's just no ground cover because all of you know and the country's hard and all it can do is run off quickly yeah so and, and that's hilly that would that would probably be hilly country which you know we're on the plains out here where it tends not to run off as quickly as that. So I can understand that it happened in some of the slopes areas, but probably not as much out here on the plains. And I suppose that is quite often what happens um, at this time of the year. 
with summer storms and also in a drought period where, as you say, there's absolutely no grass on the ground and the grass holds the water sort of in place, whereas with no grass, the water can just sweep across the landscape and takes everything with it. So trees and topsoil and um, bits of grasses and stumps and, and, and all sorts of things. So there would be many people in that situation, wouldn't there? Absolutely, because I mean, even this drought's been so long and you know, and we're all really trying to maintain stubble on country or pastures in paddock, even if they're dry, dead pastures. But we've got country here that we don't farm. So it's basically, it's like grazing paddocks so, and it hasn't had any stock on it whatsoever and it's still bare. It's just disintegrated. So no matter how good a farmer, how good you are at managing your country, you can't deal with that. To even not even touch your country and still have nothing on it makes it really, really tough to manage. And when you consider the rain, yeah, in that sense, like through the lens of um, family life and and well-being, not not so much in a farming sense, what kind of a difference does it make? To get rain? Yes. To get <laughs> Hard to be asking you. Well, both. Yeah, okay. Um, look, we hang in there. I must admit, this is starting to go on a bit too long. It really is. And I can even, the thought is now if you do get some rain, then you've got to turn around and start spending money by either spraying your country, working your country, or buying some cattle, something like that. And people have extinguished their funds pretty well just surviving the last few years, I must admit. So, Probably in my situation, ideally, would get the rain enough to sow and then get really good winter rain. That would probably be our cheapest way of growing a crop and getting back in the game. So there's a couple of schools of thought that, you know, if you get good rain now, you've got to start spending a bit of money, but that's what we need to do. But probably in a perfect world, you'd get it closer to sowing time and get the crop in cheaply and, and get a lot of winter rain. But where we are, you sort of a bit of a summer dominant and you try and store the moisture to grow the crop in the winter. So that's probably the best way I can answer that. And what's what would be a bare minimum um, that, that you would be happy with in a rainfall sense if you weren't to get the 100 mils now and 100 mil follow up and some good rains? You want, you want 25 to 50 mil now would be nice and then the same again in two or three weeks, and then just consistently get that. Ideally, if you could get 50 mils of rain every month, that would be the go. Except when you got the header out, you don't <laughs> want any. <laughs> that would so be the go, wouldn't it? That would be. Yep. <laughs> he, he's hoping. It just doesn't really seem to happen anymore, does it? Oh, look, I'm sure it'll turn around again. I mean, a lot of the ones are saying that maybe not till 2022, I don't know about that. I think we are turning a bit of a corner. That's only my opinion. How quickly we'll turn that corner, I don't know. I mean, we've got figures here going back to 1893. It's all, it's all happened before. Um, this is probably getting towards when it needs to break, if you go off some of the worstest droughts we've ever had. And how do you inform yourself in a rainfall and weather sense? Any little tips there? That's good. 
he's 87. Um, mm. Doesn't have a mobile, so I can't give that to you. But he's he's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's my go-to. Is it? Well, what's <laughs> he talking. saying? Oh, look. I don't know. Look, he's he's low. He just starting to say he'll, when he hears it on the roof now, which is mm. a bit unusual for Dad. Yeah, he's starting to can't. Yeah, struggling to pick it a bit, to be honest. All right, John. Well, I um, have my fingers crossed for you guys to get some rain, hopefully over the next week. Um, and yeah. thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Pleasure. Thank you. My name is Kieran Knight. I'm a fifth generation farmer. I live between Weewar and Burren Junction. We're around 25 kilometres west of Weewar. Um, we have been in drought pretty much um, for about four years. We haven't had any decent rain since we harvested, harvested crops in 2016. And we didn't get any rain um, yesterday or the day before. And I'm not really that surprised because We've got to the point where um, we just don't trust the forecast. When when big rains forecast, we sort of take it as a grain of salt and really can't um, have any faith in it until you measure it in the rain gauge. How do you do that? I mean, so often people say, why do I even take any notice of the forecasts anymore? It takes quite a strong person, I think, not to be able to take notice of them. Yeah, I think, I guess this has been my whole life and um, because I, I was raised on this or next door and um, I think, I guess it's because I know it will eventually rain that I've, I've lived through floods and I remember when I was a child in the 80s, it rained that much that I actually was worried it was going to not stop raining and, and I remember recall really vividly when the sun came out, everyone was amazed because we hadn't seen the sun for about three weeks because it was just drizzling on and off. And so I, I, I do know it will turn. And I think I have a feeling it, it is going to start turning this year. It's just because I speak to a lot of farmers and all we talk about is the weather. And obviously I'm a farmer, I'm married to a farmer. That's our main topic of conversation. And just through watching phenology like nature and, and talking about all the cycles in the weather. And we've got, as John said, records that go back to 1893. I just have a feeling we are moving out of this dry cycle and into a wet one. So I'm just hoping it, it, this is the beginning of it breaking. Tell me about the phenology. Is that the right word? Phenology. Yes, phenology. I love phenology. So phenology is basically nature. So um, I remember years ago um, when I actually was a cotton agronomist, I went to a... Um, conference in Queensland and we sat, sat in on the Sky News presenter, I can't remember his name to my head, and he he copped a lot of flack from all these farmers. So this was in, I think it was in 2015 when they had, this was when the forecast so up until then it had been really reliable and the, the Bureau had forecast really big rainfall or no rain and then the opposite had happened. And I saw farmers standing up, tearing strips off this guy going, how can you get it so wrong? The forecast said we we're gonna get rain and we went and sowed all this crop and we spent all this money and then we didn't get any. 
well, you know, you said it wasn't going to rain and we got all this rain and we lost our cotton, we're trying to pick it. And um, that's when he said there's eight factors. So it's not just the rain, it's not just these little buoys they have in the ocean, which are measuring temperature basically in the Indian Pacific Oceans and, and also the atmospheric pressure. Um, that's just one part of it. So another part is history. Then you have phonology, which really goes back further than any other records. And that's why I tend to go with phonology because I, I guess living on a farm, we're quite in tune with what goes on around us in our environment. And we take note when the ants are building up their nest to a, to a high level, or as John said, when the echidnas are quite active, which they are at the moment, or the trees are flowering. and I've noticed a lot of different trees are flowering at the moment, which I think is a very positive sign. So that's, I think, well, when you put all those factors together and there's other factors as well, um, that's when it, you can get trends and you can sort of get excited or not excited about the possibility of rain. So generally speaking, Kieran, and as an agronomist, can you also, can you explain what rain at this time of the year means for different kinds of farmers for people who are in the city that just don't really know and yeah, not necessarily sure. so, sorry not necessarily people in the city but for people who um just don't know the ins and outs of farming as well as we do yes yeah certainly so at the moment uh well for example today um or even yesterday when it started raining, I was starting to get a few text messages from farmers because it's, it's pretty exciting when it rains and when they actually receive a bit, we all start the, the bush telegraph or now it's, it's all on phones and texting. We all start messaging each other. How much have you had? Did you get this? Did you get that? And then plans start to be put into place. So um, there are some farmers who um, are actually trying to put in some, some cover crops or some, some feed. It's a little bit late for summer crops now or they're starting to plan for their winter crops and the the downside to that is it does all cost money um, so if they're needing to spray their country they probably some may have to go to the bank and and to check that they've got the funds or an overdraft facility to pay for that as far as feed um, it would be enough to have a little bit of a, a green pick but not enough to keep the stock going. So farmers would have to keep ensuring they've got hay and, and that the animals don't go backwards because they'd be expanding a lot of energy into chasing that tiny little bit of green feed. And, and then they're, they're actually going to go backwards and lose condition or lose weight. So they then need to make sure there's, there's plenty of good quality hay to, to counteract that from happening. So if, if it keeps raining, um, it will cause a full-on plan for, for planting or sowing to come up. So I know at the moment um, hardly anyone has any seed. So everyone, a lot of the farmers will be scrambling to organise seed to make sure that they actually have, have got seed to put their crop in this year because if it does rain, this crop would be a game changer for everyone. Everyone is desperate to have a crop and to harvest a crop this year because they're so badly in need of income. With all of that considered, why do farmers have such big celebrations when it rains, even just a little bit? Well, it's because it's a reminder of, of that it actually can rain. Uh, you do tend to forget what rain feels like and sounds like. It, it becomes a bit of a distant memory. So 
for example, yesterday we were in Narrabri, which is a large town near us that's 70 kilometres away, and it started absolutely pouring. And Audrey, my eldest, and I, we had to pop out of the car and we didn't even know if we had an umbrella. And luckily we did because it was such heavy rain and, and run across to the post office. And we got saturated, but it was such an exhilarating feeling because I'd forgotten about the, the, the coldness of rain on our skin because we're that used to dust storms and we've had a lot of 45 degree heat up here and you just forget and you can just feel the energy change. Everyone's really excited and in the shops we're all talking and going, oh my gosh, it's so heavy. I haven't, we've all forgotten what it sounded like on the roof and it just, there was a real buzz of positivity and there was a bit of lightning and thunder and it was all pretty exciting and our three daughters, um, because they're 12, 10 and 8, they really don't remember rain. They, they haven't, they've mostly been here when it's drought. So it's all very foreign to them and they get a bit freaked out, especially by lightning and thunder and, and seeing the gutters suddenly overflowing in the streets because they just haven't really ever seen that much. And so, yeah, it's, it's I guess it just gives you a little bit of hope and everyone just thinks, oh, is this the start of the end? Is this the beginning of the end of the drought? And and hopefully often rain, there's an old saying, rain begets rain. So once it starts raining, then there's more moisture in the air and then it will continue, it'll attract more rain um, every, you know, regularly every few weeks. And so Kieran, I, I hate to ask, but what was that like being in Narrabri and then returning home to no rain? Oh, yeah, disappointing. A bit annoying because we went through mud and then, then dust and I just felt frustrated for John because it takes an hour to wash our full drive just because it gets mud up all underneath it. We're on a black soil road and I felt sorry for him because he had to spend an hour washing the car when we didn't really have any rain um, back here at home. And yeah, I, I think we just all returned with the thought that, oh, well, you know, it's not our turn today, but probably will be tomorrow or the next day or next week. So. I guess we're so used to it now. We're, we're used to it not raining, um, but we just think, well, yeah, it's not our turn yet. And can you talk a little bit to, to the mental side of that too? Like the mental load of um, everyone in the family, but you also as the, the, the mother and the wife and the female in the family of um, holding out hope for rain and then, and then missing out and, and still having to hold out the next time and being being so brave in that sense how does it all build up yeah it does it um i must admit this morning i woke up just a little bit deflated i i remember opening the blind and just thinking oh, i just wish i could see rain outside because i knew you know we had every chance that it, it should have been raining all night or even today and so yeah that's a bit wearing and i think i just have to distract myself um and our girls, we, we sort of just try and be really positive and, and just say, oh, well, you know, this change is still here. It's hanging around for a few days or we might get some more next week. And I think this time of year, it's it's certainly easier to do because we don't, we're not absolutely desperate for it as we would be um, in the autumn when we really need that sowing rain because that's, that's probably the hardest when you're waiting and waiting for that rain so you can sow crops and it just doesn't come. Or you do get the crops in and they germinate and then they start to die because there isn't enough rain, follow-up rain to keep them going. And that's probably the worst when you're walking out into the paddock or driving out 
to see crops and every day you can just see them deteriorating and it's like seeing your income just disappear. So that, that's probably the hardest time. So this time of the year, it is easier because we're still very hopeful at the start of every year where it's like a fresh canvas where we're starting off again with the hope that this year will be a good year and, and we will have enough rain and, and pull off a few good crops. Well, Kieran, thanks so much for uh, taking sparing the time to to chat with me and so got our fingers crossed for some rain up your way very, very soon. Um, and if the phenology is right, then it will happen. <laughs> yes, yes, I believe it will. I, I think we're, we're close and I'm hopeful we'll have some sort of crops this year and possibly more rain than last year. And so we decided when we were talking that perhaps a good follow-up question for anyone wanting to have a better conversation with their farming friends is to ask, yes, definitely, where you're lucky enough to get any rain. But number two, is the timing right? And this question will let that farmer tell you specifically what rain they need and when for their individual operation because all of our farming operations are different. Thank you for listening to Company, my new podcast. Its premise is about women in business, women in the country, the cities and all over the world, but I couldn't resist explaining the rain to you today and I hope you've enjoyed it. 